Welcome to the Can't Stop the Growth podcast, the home service podcast dedicated to personal and leadership development. I'm your host, Chad Peterman, and if you're ready to grow as a leader, you've come to the right place. Let's jump in. You know, for me, um, what we're going to talk about today is is my why, and we've talked about that um, a lot. And you know, finding your why of why you do what you do, and uh, you know what keeps you motivated, uh, is oftentimes hard to find. Um, I will tell you that four years ago when we started this, I didn't know what that was. I just stood up here and started talking and was like, well, I guess I should probably do this. But over the course of probably those last four years, uh, what I have come to understand is that my why and, you know, uh, on a larger scale, the why of this company is to make a positive impact in the world. And so today we're going to talk about a tool that we all use on a daily basis. It's just a matter of how we use it. And that ultimately will determine the power of your why, the power of your impact on others. And so we're gonna talk about the power of self-talk. Now, immediately when you say self-talk, a lot of things can probably be conjured up as far as what is, this, what is this loon talking about up here? What was talking to himself? This is kind of weird. And so uh, we'll, we'll cut through that. But uh, we're going to talk about where that comes into play in our daily lives. And oftentimes where it comes into play, and we don't even know that it's coming into play. But ultimately it is holding us back from where we want to go. And so... Uh, one of the, uh, most of the stuff that I have today is out of a book which I would recommend for everybody. It's What to Say When Talking to Yourself. It's by Dr. Shad Helmstetter. Uh, he has a quote that kind of begins the book. It says, you are everything that is. Your thoughts, your life, your dreams come true. You are everything you choose to be. You are as unlimited as the endless universe. So who has ever probably said to yourself, well, I can't do that. Well, I'm not good at that. Well, they're just, you know, they like to talk to people. They're better at that. They're more organized. I'm just not organized. All of these things, while maybe not said verbally, are still talking to yourself. Are still influencing your brain as to what is possible for yourself. One quote that I use often is whatever you think, you're right. It's the best thing about this. Whatever you think, you're right 100% of the time. Don't share that with your spouse or significant other. All right, that stays in this room. Um, we're going to get better at it today, but do not share. Don't go, don't go running home sharing that. All right, that is going to end badly, okay? It's going to end badly. I'll remind you at the end, do not do that, okay? That's something we're going to talk to ourselves about, all right? 
Whatever you think, you are right. Now let's, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. What are some things that you've thought about yourself? Hey, I'm really good at that. Hey, I'm terrible at that. I can't do that. I don't know anything about this. How often have we said that to ourselves? How often have we ourselves limited what we can become, yet we sabotage ourselves, and then what do we do next? We blame everything but ourselves. We blame the outside world. We blame the economy. We blame, you know, a recession. We blame COVID. We blame this. We blame that. And guess what? That's natural, right? That's perfectly normal. We're wired to protect ourselves. So even though we're standing there going, well, I'm not very good at that, we'll turn around and blame somebody else for why it is that we're not good at that. Where do we think things can go from there? Probably nowhere. Probably the same spot that you're in. We often wonder why we see that few that are, you know, the top of the mountain, the, the excellent ones. Well, we see that because the majority of ourselves are, are telling ourselves that we can't do it. We're not good at it. And I'm going to talk about a few things later on that can help you identify when you're doing this. When you may be self-sabotaging yourself. You know, we have a lot of top tech students here. I'm sure that there's been times already where you've said, I don't know how to do that. Uh, I'm not sure. What I'll do is I'll teach you how to turn that around and make it work for you. Just because you don't know an answer doesn't mean you can't empower yourself to learn. Doesn't mean that you can't figure it out. But what you will never figure out is the answer if you're continually telling yourselves that you can't. You know, another thing that I still, to this day, even after four years, you think I would have learned, right? But when something bad happens, a difficult situation arises, our natural reaction is to blame and vent, right? I just need to vent real quick. Well, usually when we vent, we talk about all the things that that other person or that situation or whatever it may be and how, it's, how it is affecting me, how it is somehow inhibiting me from moving forward. And one of the things that I constantly, because I do that, I mean, I've had situations this week where I've like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Why? But what I have to remind myself is that everything is happening for me, not to me. For me, not to me. Think about something that has happened in the last six months that has been kind of like, oh God, I wish that wouldn't have happened. That really sucks. 
Think about that. Now, what I want you to do is think about your first reaction. What was your first reaction? Yell, scream, get pissed off, yell at somebody, get frustrated, shut down. That's my go-to. Something doesn't go right or something makes me mad, I just kind of shut down. I don't want to deal with it. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to take that same situation that's happened to you, and by all means, your, that reaction, perfectly okay. Perfectly okay. If it wasn't, then it'd be really weird. Like if you were just like, yes, oh, great, all this crap that's happening to me, you know, I just love things happening that don't go the way that I want them to. This is awesome. So your reaction is perfectly normal. The uncomfortable part is this next step. It's reframing that situation as to understand how it's happening for you. Something bad happens. Something doesn't happen at work that you wanted to happen. Well, how could that be happening for you? How could that be the catalyst to you getting better? How could that be the catalyst for you discovering what you truly want to do? How could that happen? That reframe is tough, right? And the reason that it's hard is because there's ownership involved. That happened to me, supposedly. And when we reframe, dude, that is happening for me. So if it's happening for me, what can I learn from this situation? Good, bad, or indifferent? What can I learn from it? How can I get better? What could come of this? If you can master that, your career, your relationships, your life will skyrocket. You will be moving so fast in the direction that you want to go, it, you'll, you'll have to stop and kind of, like, what's going on here? Just by that simple reframe. So I always think about it on a continuum, right? So if I'm moving down the continuum of life and things are happening good and bad, good things more than likely going to move me down that continuum. Bad things, I can either think, oh, the sky is falling, this is terrible, I don't know what to do, all of that, which is going to move me backward, or I can stop, reframe, and use everything that's happening in my life to get better, to improve. And when I say get better and improve, I'm not just talking about like, ooh, I'm going to, you know, all of this stuff and I'm going to generate more revenue or I'm going to get a promotion or I'm going to do all of this. Think about it in your personal life. Think about a disagreement you've had with a spouse or significant other and how if during the middle of that argument or disagreement, you both stopped and said, hey, you know what? Here's how I'm feeling. How are you feeling? Do we think we can, let's, how, how can we get better? How can we move forward? Now that's tough to do, trust me. Trust me. 
But I can tell you the times when I've been big enough to stand up and say, you know what? I was blaming my wife for what happened, but at the end of the day, if I were to take some ownership in this, I'd probably have a part in it. I probably could get better myself. And what happens when you take that ownership is it's contagious. It spreads. Because we walk around every day of our lives listening to the news, listening to all of these outside sources which take no responsibility for anything that they do. The news is a giant blame game. That's all they do is blame everybody else. I oftentimes find it funny if you, uh, this is kind of a cool thing, if you flip back and forth from the two sides of the political news channels, they'll be talking about the same exact thing and neither one has the right answer. They think they do, but the other side is always wrong. Regardless of the, regardless of the situation, they've never, the other side has never been right about anything in, their, in the entire existence of humanity, which I, I find very weird that we can look at the same situation and they've never been right about anything else in life. That seems weird. But again, it comes back to a lack of ownership. Think about that for a minute. Think about the word ownership. Do you own your life right now? Think about that. Do you own your life? Are you in complete control? What is something that has maybe happened to you over the last six months where you lost control? You started blaming other people. Or probably more frequent, blaming a situation or a circumstance. Or, well, I can't do that because. Or, I would do that, but. Well, I'm just... Anytime you hear yourself saying things like that, you are on a path to nowhere good. You are on a path to negative self-talk. That's what that is right there. Well, I would, but. Well, I could, but this happened. The more often we do that, the more often you are going to find yourself in the exact same spot in the future. The more you take ownership of every single situation, regardless of what is happening, the more you will move to where you want to go. You know, I've talked about this before, is the word blame has a very negative connotation, right? Talk about blame, it's like, oh shit, what happened? Who's, who's in trouble? Who did something wrong? But blame and ownership, ownership, which has a very positive connotation, yeah, I'm taking ownership. 
Isn't that the same thing as taking blame? Just sounds better. So rather than blame others, take ownership yourself. You know, one of my favorite things in uh, at work is I, you know, as we were doing this, what I found was that there's oftentimes a lot of, especially as we get bigger, there's oftentimes a lot of, can you believe that person? Oh my God, they're really upsetting me. Have you talked to them about it? Well, well no. Maybe you should start there. Well, so-and-so is doing this. Okay, have you talked to him about it? Well, no. Well, how are they ever going to know? They can never show up on time. They've been calling in. Have you talked to him about it? Okay, well, I'd start there. But even in those small situations, who are we blaming when we complain? Them. It's their fault they can't show up on time. It's their fault that they're late. It's their fault that they're unorganized. Is that leadership? No. Leadership is the willingness to step in in a situation like that, sit someone down, and say, you know what? We ask you to be here by 8 o'clock, and you continually show up at 8.10. Where can I help you? Like, what, 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 what's going on in your life? What, what is preventing you from getting here when, when we're asking you to be here. It's not a huge ask. Just asking you to be here at 8. What's preventing you from doing that? How can I help? Now again, there are times when we will do those. We'll take those steps. We'll sit down with somebody. We'll kind of have the you know, talk and everything. And they may continue to show up late. We've been there. And you may have to sit them down again. And there may reach a point where they don't want to be led, right? They don't want to do that. But more times than not, when you sit down and talk to somebody about it, they want to move in the right direction, but oftentimes they don't know how. Even simple things, like showing up on time. Maybe they've been a part of a family that's that proverbial, we're always late family. Everybody's got those friends. I tell them 6.30 if we're going to be at 7.30, you know, maybe they'll show up on time. They still are late. It's amazing. Everybody's got those friends. Everybody's thinking about them right now, aren't you? You're like, eh, crap. We got plans with them this weekend. Guess I better re redo my <laughs> what time we're starting. Everybody's got those friends. It's all right. We love them. They just don't have a watch. You know, they're tough. But it's when we take 
that ownership, that responsibility to be a leader, to go help somebody. You know, I was talking with uh, Dan, our plumbing manager, uh, just yesterday, literally. He came to my office. He's like, I need your advice. So what do you need? He said, well, I got this guy, and, you know, when we first started, and literally my reaction to his saying this guy's name, I was like, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, how's he doing? He's like, well, I'll tell you what. Last year, bit of a struggle. But we sat him down, and we said, hey, we need you to do this, 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 and this, and by God, he's really turned a corner. I said, perfect. Well, then let's keep him turning more corners. What's his next steps? Let's get in front of him. Let's, let's make that happen. But that is the power of taking the time rather than complaining about this gentleman for not you know, doing whatever it was that he was supposed to do. They sat down and they talked to him and they sketched out a plan for how he could be successful. Understand that if you find yourself complaining about a situation and or another person, what's that commonly referred to? Gossip, the gossip corner. If you find yourself in that corner, remove yourself and go do something about it. That is where leadership comes in. If there's a problem, go solve it. Guess what complaining about it's going to do? Nothing. If you want to do better on your calls out there, guess what you're going to need to do? Not complain about the calls that you get. Not complain about the customer, and they were a terrible customer, and they didn't want it, and they were on a conference call, and this, that, and the other. Every excuse in the book. If you weren't successful, go back out to your truck and figure out how you could be successful. What didn't you do? My guess is that you didn't do everything you could have done. And guess what? That's okay. They say the average technician runs about 1,000 calls a year. Guess what? Ton of time to get some practice, huh? Got plenty of practice coming. But it's only practice if you make the decision to get better every time. Because guess what? If you run those thousand calls, a lot of people would say, that's a lot of, a lot of reps at practice. But every call you walk out of Blaming something or somebody else is a call that you didn't get any practice on. You didn't get any practice. Because you weren't working on yourself. Guess what? Customers are going to come and go. Out of a thousand, you may walk into a thousand different homes. So it wasn't that customer's fault. Was it? You're the common denominator. So be willing to take that ownership. When you do that, you become extremely powerful. So many people are scared to 
look inside, talk to themselves about, hey, you know what, I could have done that better. Hey, I walked in, the guy said he was on a conference call, and I just gave up. I just went straight to the unit, and that was it. I didn't even try to re-engage, I didn't try this, I didn't try that. And sometimes, even if you do, so let's say you go on your first call and you don't do that and you take the steps to really go back out in your truck, you drive into the next call and you really say, you know what, next one I'm gonna do that. And the next one, you do those things and you're still not successful. Guess what? Go back out and think of some other stuff that you could do. The people that are willing to do that, again, will be the people that fly to the top. Because guess what? It's you and your truck. Who cares if you say how crappy of a job you did? No one's listening. God, I could have really done that better. I could have really improved on that. I was not in the right headspace, but I'm going to get in the right headspace this next call. That's okay. You don't have to tell anybody. But take ownership. You know, in the book, he says and talks about, as we've been talking about, your success or failure in anything, large or small, depends on your programming, one, which we'll talk about, what you accept from others, and what you say when you talk to yourself. So we've already talked about the programming, right? So our programming is coming at us from all different angles. It's coming at us in the present, and it's also coming to us from how we were raised. One of the stats that they have in here, in this book, we receive on average, 148,000 no's, or you can't do that, or you shouldn't do that, by the age of 18. 148,000 no's, don't do that, you shouldn't do that, quit it, all of those things. Now, part of that is parenting, you know, hey, don't eat that. Um, that's my son. Don't eat, don't eat toys. They are not food. But think about that. All of that programming. People continually telling you, no, you can't do this, you shouldn't do that, whatever it may be. Now, all of those people, your parents included, you know, they weren't trying to, like, corrupt you. They were trying to protect you, right? Same thing our brain does. When we blame a situation or the outside or something else, our brain is trying to protect us from having to admit that maybe we came up short. Trying to protect us from maybe having that tough conversation. That's okay. But we need to know that, right? We need to know that we as humans are naturally programmed to protect ourselves. And the only way to override that is on us. Right? The only way to override programming that is naturally inclined to say, I can't do that, I shouldn't do that, I can't do that, is to tell ourselves, we can. That is possible. I am capable of that. 
That is the only way to override that. How many people do you know that are not overriding their negative program? Everybody's got that friend, right? Probably not hanging out with them this weekend. Just the people that don't have the watch. But think about it. Everybody can think about that person in their life that is like, dude, are you okay? Like, literally, I feel like everything in the world is happening bad for you. Or are they making that up? Are they telling themselves that? So when it comes to self-talk, kind of what I want to get into is, is in this book, which is just fantastic, I would definitely get this. I could read this every morning because it's just kind of a reminder, right? Like this stuff isn't easy. It's not easy to be like, okay, yeah, self-talk, I got this. Because shit's going to happen to you. And it's like, what's that Mike Tyson quote? Everybody's got a plan to get punched in the mouth. That's life, right? Shit happens. It sucks. Things are going to go bad. Things aren't going to go your way. But you've got to arm yourself with this self-talk that can pull you out of bad situations, allow you to respond in a positive way. Even though your natural reaction may be negative, that's okay. That's human nature. We've been programmed to be that way. That's okay. That's the program, but we're going to override it. So the things to be conscious of. So there's four levels of self-talk. There's actually five, but I'm going to go over four. So four levels. So you've got two that can work against you, and you've got two that can work for you. So we've already talked about the first one. This is the most common. Negative acceptance. I can't. If only I could. I wish I could. Again, what did we talk about at the beginning? Whatever you say, you're right. If you find yourself talking about something that you actually want to do, but yet you continue to say that you can't, you're never going to do that. Now, if it's something that you don't really care to do and you just say, I can't do that, then okay, that's fine. Not, you know. Just like I just said, I can't explain the real heady stuff. I didn't want to explain the real heady stuff. That's okay. You know, people constantly talk about me when they, you know, ask me how I got into the business. They're like, well, like, did you start as a tech? I was like, no, you do not want me working on anything. That is, mm -mm, nope. Well, I, you know, I honestly, I mean, I like to know how it works and all that stuff. But again, no one's going to... This, I'm, I'm probably better at this stuff than I am, you know, working on a furnace. It's okay. Everybody has their role, right? But negative acceptance. You know, one of the examples that I battle all the time is, you know, part of, I guess, my, uh, you know, duties is networking, right? It's finding resources that we can use and other companies that are doing fun stuff and all that. And I will tell you, my wife will tell you, networking and me meeting strangers, uh-uh, that ain't my bag. Don't like it. I'd rather just kind of sit off by myself, do my own thing, whatever it is. I am not good at that, right? You hear me saying that? I'm not good at that. So I will literally go into situations, like next week I've got to go to a conference 
out in Phoenix. And there'll be a lot of opportunity for this. And what I have caught myself doing, I have to like literally, especially on things that, you're, that you struggle with, you're scared of, whatever it is, like I will literally spend the plane ride out there literally coaching myself up that I'm going to be good at networking. I'm going to talk out to people. I'm going to walk up to a stranger. This is, God, this gives me, the, gives me the chills thinking about it, like walking up to somebody and they're like talking and you're like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, oh my God. It gives me literally like the most anxiety on the face of the planet. I do not like it. It's, ah, uh, but I will, I, I have to do that because if I don't, there's stuff out there that we need to learn that I can bring back here, and I won't learn it if I just go sit over at a table by myself and not talk to anybody. I'd be a lot more comfortable over there, but I need to go talk to these people. I need to go meet new people, find out what's going on. And so literally, I will coach myself up. I'm going to be good at networking. I'm going to go talk to people. I'll even set goals for myself. Hey, you need to go talk to five people within the first hour that you don't know. That kind of gets it rolling, right? Once I get rolling, I can start to go, but it, it's a slow start. Whew. All right, so you guys can hold me to that. You can check in, not next week, but the week after, see how I did, but I'll be coaching myself up. And there's probably things like that in your life, right? There's those things that you, that's not really what I'm great at, but I need to be better, and the way to get better is to actually do it, right? Like, I'm not great at talking to customers and asking open-ended questions and all of that stuff. Well, guess what? The only way you're going to get better, I've told my, I would be terrible at that. I mean, god-awful. I mean, it would be so awkward. Think about me walking into a homeowner's house like, hi, it's me. Uh, where's your furnace, I guess? I, nice picture on the wall, you know? Like, I'd be awful. I mean, just god, it would be so awkward. You would not want to do a ride-along with me. You'd be like, let's get the hell out of here. But what I would do, so I've thought about this situation. I'm like, well, what if a technician ever asked me to like, well, why don't you show me? You're always talking about this stuff. Bring it. I'm like, okay, so I need a backup plan. So if I had to do this, what would I do? Well, what I would do, because this is me, I would Google open-ended questions, and I'd find them. You think I'm kidding? I would. I mean, it may work. I'd Google open-ended questions, and I'd write those suckers down, and I'd review them like flashcards. Because if I got, some, I got some ammunition, at least I can carry on a conversation. I mean, you laugh, but I mean, if I'm not, if I know that I struggle with that, I'm going to put a plan together. And I'm going to tell myself, hey, I'm going to be really good at this. You know, like these talks are great situations. Like, there'll be some mornings I wake up. Like this morning, I woke up and I knew I had to get my daughter ready too. So it's kind of like a struggle. You're not really sure how they're going to react, all of this stuff. So as I'm writing all this stuff down, I'm like, well, this is a great opportunity to practice. And so what I did was instead of going up to her room and waking her up and thinking like, oh, this isn't going to be good. Like this is going to be, uh, you know, I went up there. And I had read this, and I said, you know what? I'm going to be the best dad this morning. That's what I'm going to do. And lo and behold, I shook her a few times. She's kind of a heavy sleeper. I said, you want to go to the office with Daddy? Yeah, can we play with the dollhouse? Absolutely, honey. You can play with the dollhouse. Is that the old shop? You ask every time we go to the new one if you can play with the dollhouse. The dollhouse is some, it's, it's upstairs. I'll show you later. But 
she woke up and was in the best mood ever. Now, I'm not telling you that me saying those words somehow went into her head and she woke up with a smile on her face. But what I'm telling you is I had the right mindset going in. I mean, literally, she brushed her teeth, she let me take out her ponytails, she let me kind of put another thing in there. Uh, it's not the greatest, but yeah, I'm still working on that piece. Um, but the morning went so well. She didn't fuss, she walked, I mean, she literally walked out to the car by herself. All of that, because I was intentional about what I was doing, I think, personally. You can believe what you want to, but it worked for me, and like, if you don't think that that works, then you can go into that situation thinking it's going to be the worst morning ever, and I guarantee you, it probably will be. Level two, level of recognition. I need to change. I need to, I should. We've all said this, right? Monday will come, I need to eat better this week. You know, weekend will come, I'm going to drink a little bit less this weekend. We've all been there. The Colts will drive you to it. I need to, I should. Well, unfortunately with this piece of self-talk is you recognize the problem, but you don't give yourself a solution. I need to eat better, so I'm going to pack my lunch Monday through Friday. Or I'm going to pack my lunch for the week on Sunday. That's even better because then you can't, really, you can't really veer from the path. I need to exercise more, so I'm going to get up at this time and work out for 20 minutes every single day. Give yourself the solution. Because ultimately what happens if we don't give ourselves the solution is your level two, you'll recognize and then you'll turn it into level one. I need to eat better, but I can't. I need to drink a little bit less, but I've got that party on Saturday and we'll probably watch some football on Sunday, so I'm probably not. If you don't give your brain the answer, it will make it up for you. Don't allow it to do that because it wants to keep you safe and comfortable. And safe and comfortable is the opposite of growth. Brain's a weird thing. I've talked about this a lot. Like, it does a lot for us, but it also, when it comes to growth and learning and getting better, it's not always our best friend because of how we've been programmed, how things are transpiring in the world. It wants to keep us safe. There's a lot of good things about that, right? Fight or flight, all that good stuff. Like, yeah, that's, that's helpful. But we have to understand that. So negative acceptance, level of recognition, or a need to change. So we've got those two things. So we've all found ourselves talking about those things, living those things. It's easy. I mean, I'm not, I'm by no means am I standing up here. I've already given you a few examples saying that, like, I've got this thing mastered. Like, this is an ongoing battle with your brain. So you're not going to walk out of here and be like, damn, I tried that, don't work. No, you're going to have to work at this every single day. And what I will tell you is you'll slip up. And guess what? That's okay. It's the times when you recognize and you make that change. Once you start doing that, you start reprogramming a little bit. 
And it takes time. I guarantee you when I'm 80 years old, I'm still not going to have this mastered. Because it's hard. It's the hardest thing we do. Isn't that crazy? The hardest thing we may do is try to think positive about life and where we want to go. It's kind of depressing, actually. But it is what it is, right? That's the cards we've all been dealt. Regardless of what you're good at, how smart you are, where you were raised, what you're doing now, we're all battling the same thing. And that battle is between our ears. So level three and four. So these are the means of self-talk that are beneficial to you, that are things that you can take and drive. So level three, level of decision to change. So this is an interesting one. So this is, I never do that in a positive fashion. So if you're doing something wrong, like, uh, like eating, I always use this one because it's something, you know, you get older, the metabolism drops, and it's harder to, you know, make that up. But I never overeat. You know, I never wake up late. Now, this piece of self-talk is the beginnings of breaking down a potentially bad habit. You know, you think about a call, like, I never forget to do the agenda card. Now, you may say that to yourself, and you may walk in and forget to do it. Guess what? That's okay. On the next call, I never forget that. It'll take time. It's not going to happen immediately. They talk about this a lot in uh, smoking. So, like, they tell you kind of the first step in, to stop smoke is just to tell yourself that you don't smoke. You're not a smoker. I never smoke. Even if you're lighting up a cigarette, I never smoke. I don't smoke. Literally, they'll tell you that. Because it's all reprogramming to the point where you keep telling yourself that, eventually you'll be like, I don't smoke. I don't do that. Again, those are the beginning steps. Then you move to level four, the level of a better you. I am. Present tense. You think about all of the first three levels, what do they have in common? They're all past tense, right? I can't do this, I should do this, meaning I didn't do something in the past. I never do this, meaning you did do something in the past, but you need to change it. Level four is I am, it's present tense. It is who you are, it is who you will become. When we talk about this, one of the prime examples of this is if you've read our company Vivid Vision. All of that is stated in the present and the future. Why is that? It is because this. It says all of the things that we will be doing. What I can tell you is we started writing that in 2016 and a lot of stuff's happened. Now again, it isn't just because we wrote it down. That's the first step. Because that trains the mind to go find that. I am a great networker. 
I'm going to go meet five new people. My brain's going to go find that. Just because I said it here today, I'll do that next week. I know I will. Now, it may take me a few more times to say that to myself before I actually believe it, but my brain will go find that. Because what did we say? Anything you tell yourself, you are right. I am the best technician. Your brain will go find that. Your brain will start to look for things that will take you to being the best technician. It doesn't just happen. You can't just say that. Everybody's, everybody's met that person. You know, they think they're the God's greatest gift to everything, and yet they don't do anything remotely right. We have to understand that when we say this, this is the opener to creating that plan. Because if I am, then I've got to go prove that right. I've got to go make that happen. You know, many, I would assume, when they get the email for this or they get the email that I'll send out on most Mondays, I'm sure that they're like, oh my God, here this guy goes again. Positive thinking Joe, he's at it again. Oh God, delete. Thank you. You laugh. I'm sure that probably a lot of people do that, which is perfectly fine with me. Because there's also a lot of people that like it, which is cool too. But the interesting thing about positive thinking, the I am statements, that's positive thinking, right? And most would, would categorize that, probably the ones that delete the email, would categorize that as wishful thinking. Well, I can tell myself I am all, day, all damn day long, but I ain't. Well, that doesn't seem like very positive thinking, but, you know, beside the point. When you think positive, when you think that you can do stuff, there's a scientific study that's highlighted in the book that says... When we think positive, we actually, scientifically, we talk about reprogramming our brains, scientifically, we grow more neurons in the left prefrontal cortex of the brain, which is responsible for our ability to seek alternatives, deal with challenges, and maintain balance. So we're building more neurons in the part of our brain that is responsible for seeking alternatives, dealing with challenges, and maintaining balance. While the same study says that people who are inclined to think negatively, things are happening to them, not for them, grow more neurons in the right prefrontal cortex of the brain. Don't ask me where that is in the brain. I assume it's up front somewhere, but you know, left and right, I can probably guide you there. But the right prefrontal cortex is responsible for pessimism, uncertainty, and negative thoughts. Weird, huh? Thinking positive, thinking, framing yourself in a, I can do this, I am capable of this, and avoiding the I can'ts, I shouldn't, I should quit, I can't do this, is actually working to reprogram your brain. 
Science tells us that. So why would we want to continue to program our brain in a negative fashion? You see, being, having a positive outlook, as we just talked about, is not the key. The key is being positive allows us to learn and seek alternatives. Think about what we talked about earlier, the ownership piece. If I just consistently blame the person that I'm supposed to be leading for their lack of what they're supposed to do, guess who's never going to get better? Me as a leader and them as whatever they're supposed to be doing. Neither one of you is going to get better. But if we were to attack that same situation as so-and-so is really struggling, but I am going to help them. I am going to make an impact on them. So I'm going to pull them in, and I'm going to talk to them, and I'm going to figure out how I can. Now, does that always work? No. Again, there's some people that don't want to be led. But I will tell you, in the majority of situations, it's going to help. Because it is my belief that there are far more people who want to think that they can do something but need to be shown. And that is leadership. That is what it's all about. You know, we, we've talked a lot about <clears throat> the difference between the positive and the negative. You know, thinking negatively about a situation or another person <clears throat> or circumstance, <clears throat> who's ever found the answer to a problem by thinking negatively about the whole situation? If you have, I'll meet with you after. I'd like to understand that strategy a bit more. Um, but my guess is, is that most solutions are found when we think positive. You know what? This really sucks. Or, hey, we got a really big problem here, but you know what? We got a lot of smart people in the room, and I'm fairly certain that we're going to come up with an answer, so where do we start? Simply just saying that, what do you think you're going to do to the room? No oh, hell. Let's figure this out. How can you think positive about the situation to open yourself up to find solutions? Same thing goes with our self-improvement. You know what? I've really been struggling with working out. However, I am going to do this next week, and I'm going to get back on this track or whatever you're trying to do. Simply by saying, I am going to get back on this track, what do you start? Oh, oh shit, well, I could maybe go ride a bike, or I could go on a walk, or I could whatever. Open yourself up. And the easiest way to do that, the easiest way to practice this, because it's sometimes hard to tell ourselves. It's almost easier to tell someone else, right? So what if we thought about it like this as we close here today? Because this 
ties back to the beginning of what I feel like my why is, and that is to make a positive impact on the world. We just so happen to fix furnaces, put in water heaters, and install electrical panels. Our main job is to make a positive impact. Because with that, inherently, we will be successful. We will find solutions to problems. There will be nothing that will ever get in our way. If that is our why. Retrain your mind to go help someone today. Because in doing so, if you arrive at your first call and you say, I've said this many a times, I really want someone to try it. I am literally going to blow the socks off of this customer with my customer service. It's not even going to be funny. How do you think that call is going to go? How do you think that call is going to go for that person? It's going to go good. I am going to do this. Because guess what? You know how to do it. It's just a matter of telling your brain that that is what you're going to do. Yeah, is it going to be uncomfortable? Yeah, for sure. You're going to have to stretch. You're going to have to really build a relationship. You're going to have to build that trust. It'd be a hell of a lot easier just to go clean the furnace. Go do the plumbing inspection. It'd be a hell of a lot easier to do that. But you as a technician will remain right where you are. Won't move a lick. If you're in class today and you say, I'm going to be the best student out of anybody today. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to help others. I'm going to just go the extra mile all day long. It's Friday. It's going to be beautiful. We'll have the doors open. It'll be nice in here. You have that ability. And again, what is going to happen? People are going to be attracted to you. They are going to want to help you. You are going to move in the direction that you want to move. It is those that just go through the motions. Those that sit idle will remain sitting idle. Don't be that person. Get uncomfortable. Understand that you control your outcome. No one else, regardless of what happens, you control your outcome today. No one else. And it starts by talking to yourself and understanding that today is going to be a great day and I'm going to make someone else's day great as well. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would greatly appreciate if you would rate the show or share it with someone who might enjoy it. As the name suggests, we are always looking to grow, so let me know in the comments what you thought and if there is anything you would like to hear on future episodes. Come back again soon, and always, keep growing out there.